You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. So before we get into today's episode, uh, we wanted to remind everyone about our upcoming Winter Book Club episode, which airs February 26th. We are reading Once Upon a River by Diane Satterfield. So make sure you have your copy. You still have time to read along. And the good part about a virtual book club is you can always catch the episode later if you it didn't have time. You. Yep. Mm-hmm. So This episode is something kind of different for us, and we're excited. We Mm -hmm. thought toward the beginning of the year here, when everyone is sort of focused on self-care and maybe some new goals or improving in certain areas, we would take turns just sharing three or four of our favorite self-help type books each and just kind of doing a little book talk, what we liked about it, what it might be good for if you are looking for some good book recommendations. So we'll just kind of go back and forth and each share three or four. Okay. I can't wait to see what's on your list. You kick us off. Okay. My first one is Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. Mm -hmm. And we actually did a Girl Next Door book club episode on this back in October of 2016. Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear both of our reflections and more of a deeper dive on the book. But this is just a book that I, the, the information in it, I find myself thinking about very frequently. So it is just one that stands out for me. So kind of to give a brief overview. Basically, the book outlines the author's framework of the four different tendencies. And the tendencies she defines as how you respond to inner and outer expectations. So inner, something that you want to do, and outer expectations, something that someone else wants you to Mm -hmm. do. And so there's four different Um, tendencies based on how you respond Mm -hmm. to those. And I am an upholder. I respond readily to inner and outer expectations. And this was just a light bulb moment of recognizing Mm -hmm. myself. It was just one Mm -hmm. one of those times. And I actually first heard that definition of an upholder on their podcast Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. I had read the book, but then the book just does a deep dive. And it was just like, I just, I saw myself in a different yeah, light. And it I was, agree. it was really interesting. I'm a rebel, which is the opposite yeah. of that. In case you guys didn't know that already. Yes. I don't so like funny. any expectations. <laughs> no expect. And I love all the expectations. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just found the framework, it just makes intuitive sense to me. And I think because there's only the four, Mm -hmm. I just find it so easy to keep track of compared Mm -hmm. to like Myers-Briggs where there's so many or like the nine different Enneagram types. It just like, because of those two things, I find that I can like think about it and apply it more often in my life. Kind of the way some people are super into like Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and kind of have that. Um, like that lens to look at life exactly, through. Yeah. Exactly. So then in addition to the four main tendencies, um, she describes different kind of minor tendencies, like are you a lark or a night owl? Are you a starter or a finisher? And just gives you ideas for working with each of these tendencies to set you up for success. I just love how the book is not about changing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about just recognizing mm-hmm. how you are, like kind of those tendencies and ways that you can actually lean into them, but yeah. set yourself up for success. Yeah. Like she just talks about, you know, if you're a night owl, 
don't be scheduling your workouts for yeah. 5 a.m. Like that's Quit never going to work it. for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you are someone that has a hard time taking initiative on things, well, you might need an exercise buddy mm-hmm. or an accountability partner. It just, so much of it felt so practical to mm-hmm. me, but just so much like, aha, mm-hmm. you know, that just, it makes so much sense. I found that sometimes other personality type books um, can feel kind of like astrology to me where I'm like, okay, I can, yeah, I think I can see how I'm like that, mm-hmm. but then other parts don't fit as well. And I'm a Capricorn Virgo Leo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but this just feels like fits me to a yeah. T. Um, I feel like I can see myself clearly and I, I feel like I can see other people clearly too. And without being like too prescriptive or like mm-hmm. dismissive, oh, you're that way. So you'll never be like this where mm-hmm. it, it just feels more helpful to yes. me. Yes. Um, and I think it just has helped me understand how other people operate. Like previously, I think I did kind of have a hard time when someone would say they wanted to do something and I'd be like, well, just put it in your calendar and do it. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Like that's so easy because that's easy for that's me how you operate, and I yeah. enjoy doing it. And so then it really opened my eyes to be like, oh, okay. I understand why that wouldn't work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think just helped me be more understanding. And then I'm a person who loves to solve problems or give advice mm-hmm. and kind of helped me be like, oh, well maybe try this or right. something right. like that. So anyway, that is my first one. I love it. Well, I love this whole topic and it's interesting because I feel like I was maybe resistant to these kinds of books uh-huh. or what I thought these kinds yeah. of books were. And I've realized the ones that I really love or I have found helpful, like you said, are not just too woo-woo, mm-hmm. you know, or to, um, to me, it should help me see truth about myself and the world differently, not uh-huh. make me necessarily think that I have to change everything exactly. about myself. Right. So I, I use this like interesting, I find myself say this a lot about books like this is mm-hmm. it was killing me softly, like, uh, like the Lauren Hill song. And right. like the, I think that's an older one even yeah. that she redid, but like telling my whole life, like if you just feel like a book is like, yep, that is telling my yes. whole life, <laughs> yeah. but doing it in a way through like really good storytelling mm-hmm. or like almost like essays and, you know, a very mm-hmm. personal side mm-hmm. or like, like just dropping some truth bombs in like a very like, mm-hmm. like just like, yep, just yeah. said that. And you're yeah. like, okay, yep. That yeah. is the whole truth about me right, right there. And in that just so like helping me recognize myself in the book I think is important so one book that does that and I've I think I've talked about all these books on the podcast briefly but um tell me more Mm. stories about the 12 hardest things I'm learning to say by Kelly Corrigan and Kelly Corrigan I think was new to me last year and I I need to put more of her books on my list she I, I don't even know she is just the most one of the most gifted storytellers I've ever read mm. for sure and it's kind of memoir based but mm-hmm. it's around like these lessons like mm-hmm. for example a quote from the book is one of the things she was doing was learning to say no so there's a whole chapter on each thing she's learning okay. to like say okay I'm sorry is one you okay. know those kinds of things um the quote is learn to say no and when you do don't complain and don't explain every excuse you make is like an invitation for them to ask you again in a different way. Like you have to mm. just own no. and it. And you know, it was a whole chapter on that, mm. but that is the kind of, mm. you know, truth that she's, she's telling. Yeah. So yeah, I just really love her books, but she talks about, um, in parenthood. I always like a little, a little 
side of snark, mm-hmm. a little side of sass, and she's definitely yeah. got that going for her. Talk, telling the truth about hard things, mm. I think, is another one. Like, yeah, this is hard. Mm-hmm. And here are some ways you can make it less hard. Mm. Not just like, well, if you would just, like you said, put it in your calendar. Mm-hmm. Or if you would just meditate 15 minutes a day, right. everything would, you know, it's just like, I can't relate to that. So just yeah. very relatable mm-hmm. storytelling. So I highly recommend that book. Okay. My next one is The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying That's Up. That's on my list. By Marie Kondo. That's on my list. We should have checked this. I know. Yep. I was very curious to see if anything would yep. be the same. Well, maybe we could kind of, uh, yeah, piggyback on each other and did sing, we do a whole sing episode her praises. I don't feel like we did. I feel like we must have just had some like minimizing, simplifying okay. episodes okay. where we talked about it. Because I do feel like I remember talking okay. about it on the podcast. Um and so I know this book, I feel like it is, I mean, it's like cliche almost exactly, at this point, right? exactly. But I really do feel like it's changed my life. Yeah. I actually own it on audiobook, and mm-hmm. I have since maybe not in its entirety, but it'll just be something where, oh, I have nothing else to listen to and I'll re-listen to parts yeah. of it and still find it really enjoyable. And even though I've listened to it before and read the whole thing in completion, I will find myself reinvigorated mm-hmm. about getting rid of stuff mm-hmm. and just kind of maintaining this more simplified home environment. Um, and what was so interesting about this is I remember reading it when I had a newborn Cedric and we had already gone through a whole house decluttering. Yeah. We, we had actually already done yeah. what she describes and so I really thought, okay, I'm not going to be able, yeah. I'm not going to learn much. I'm, right. I'm already convinced about getting rid of stuff. I love going to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And we actually had gone through every drawer, every closet, every room mm-hmm. and really gotten rid of lots of stuff. And so I was very surprised that I was in fact inspired to do more. Yeah. But what I loved about the book, it is so... It's so structured. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, what everyone knows about it is, oh, if it just tells you to get rid of all your stuff, does it spark joy? And that's the only thing. But actually, if you read it, it is actually very prescriptive and very specific, like in how to go about things, Mm -hmm. even sometimes like how many of something that you need. Um, For example, I think one of the favorite things, like a light bulb moment for me, she says some, she says, all those extra buttons you're keeping get rid of them. Yeah. Like so specific Mm -hmm. and talked about, you know, all the appliance manuals you Mm -hmm. have recycle them. Mm -hmm. When have you ever looked at them? And you can look everything up online now. Exactly. So I just love how straightforward she is and yet not judgmental, but just gives you so much permission. Um, I especially loved her talking about the gifts that other people give you. And if you don't love them, you have permission to give them away. Mm -hmm. Like that is not someone's love. They express their love when they gave it. Exactly. And then it is, it is then served its purpose. If it's, if it's not something you're using, Mm -hmm. it no longer has a purpose in your house and it's Mm -hmm. fine to get rid of it. So I just feel like some of that, even though I was already into the getting rid of stuff, it gave me permission to go that extra Mm -hmm. step and like let go of stuff that I was Mm -hmm. really holding on to. Um, But then I do think just the simple does it spark joy phrase is so simple, but so powerful Mm -hmm. and is such a good just barometer for things. I I feel like I think of that often. I was just going through my closet this weekend and had some maternity clothes and was looking at some and was just like, 
that doesn't spark joy. Mm-hmm. It fits and I feel like I should wear it. I'm not reaching for it. Yeah. It goes. I'm not reaching for it for a reason. Exactly. Right? So I just, I just love that. Um, I also have found it to be true that she says that if you truly declutter, mm-hmm. like once you tidy mm-hmm. up, she says, you will find the right amount of stuff for you and your home and you'll want to keep it yeah. that way. Yeah. And I think some people like in the media or in the criticism Mm -hmm. is like, that's not true. Nobody wants to live in a stark environment or blah, blah, blah. Or, or I think like, um, taking it to be like, oh, well, once you do it one time, you never have to do it again. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what she's saying at all. It's Mm -hmm. that then you will want to maintain it. Yeah. It is an ongoing process, but I have found that once you get to the stuff that you really want to have, I do feel like now we're so much more sensitive to like, oh, this is stuff we don't need. It is getting kind of above our threshold Mm -hmm. level and it's, and it is easier. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing process, but it's way easier to Mm -hmm. sweep through the house and take a small box rather than, you know, go through the entire house. I think the biggest thing that book does is give you the tools Mm -hmm. to measure whether you, like, like you said, does it spark joy? Mm -hmm. Is it useful? Am Mm -hmm. I actually using Mm -hmm. it? Do I have room for it? Mm -hmm. Do I have five others just like it? Like the things that seem very common sense, but when you look at a room that needs decluttering, um, feels overwhelming and she gives you, yeah, I love that. It's like a mix of like, she really does address the emotional side Mm -hmm. of it, but gives you that prescriptive, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and then this is what you do. You do papers first, right? then do books, Uh then do clothes. Save that hard stuff for last. Save the sentimental stuff for last. I love how she talks about being so respectful of Mm -hmm. your things. And I don't take it as far like she empties her purse every single day and like puts it in a special place and lets it rest. I mean, I actually love that idea. Um, I don't take it all the way that far, but I do just feel like kind of appreciating your things and the service they give to you mm-hmm. and just wanting to take good care of them so that they last longer mm-hmm. so that you don't need tons of them because you're just appreciating what you have. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I think that that's another misconception about that book often is that she's just saying, get rid of everything and live in this like Japanese Zen mm-hmm. modern sleek mm-hmm. house with no decorations. Right. And, and that's not at all. In fact, mm-hmm. she says there is no, I can't tell you the level of stuff mm-hmm. that you should mm-hmm. have. It's, but she's giving you the tools to figure that out for yeah. yourself. Um, and really, and if you watch her show on, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but she did like a series mm-hmm. on Netflix where she was going and helping people with yeah. that. Every house was different. Yeah. Some were truly like blank slate. Mm-hmm. Some were like still what I would consider oh, clutter, yes. but she's like, no, you made progress and this, these are the books right. you want to keep and mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. She's not like telling you you can or can't have any certain right. amount of things. Right. Um, something else I really think she does a good job of touching on too is how to treat the memories and the sentiment mm-hmm. um, attached to things. Mm-hmm. And I think we have this misconception, especially in America, because we are so... We are a very stuff focused Mm -hmm. culture um, that it's honoring to the person to keep the gift that you didn't like or the thing that you got when they passed away Mm -hmm. or whatever. And just to keep it and have it sitting in a box somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, it's actually more honoring to say maybe you get rid of most of the things in that box of Mm -hmm. stuff that was your mom's, Mm -hmm. but you keep the one thing and you display it on a shelf or you use it. You use that fancy bowl to serve Mm -hmm. salad in. And every Mm -hmm. time you do, you think of your Mm -hmm. mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was like, wow, that is really so true because it it answers the question of like feeling guilty, getting Mm -hmm. rid of stuff. She has this quote in there about that, um, 
where she says it is not our memories, but the person we have become because of those past Mm. experiences that we should treasure. Mm. This is the lesson these keepsakes teach us when we sort them. The space in which we live should be for the person we are becoming now, not for the person we were in the past. So even for our own personal stuff, all the yearbooks, all of the, maybe you keep one yearbook, but you get rid of the rest or maybe um, you don't need those things anymore because the memories are still Mm -hmm. with you or you find another way to like Mm -hmm. mark that time in life. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I was a little skeptical because it was so popular. I um, was like thinking I was already pretty, had a pretty tidy house and I was pretty ruthless getting rid of stuff. But even just, I find myself thinking about that book all the time when I'm buying new things. Yeah. Do I really want this? Mm -hmm. Or am I just in the mood to buy something? Does it spark joy? Does it meet that same level? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to turn around and just want to get rid of this in yep. two months? Yep. Um, and then, yeah, anytime I come to like even one shelf that I'm decluttering, even the pantry, honestly, mm-hmm. like, do we eat these? Mm-hmm. No. Do, are they sitting here because I feel bad that I bought them and we tried them at a I giant size from Costco? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I feel like we have to work our way through this. Well, no, right. just get rid of it, yep. you know, and remember to not buy it again. Exactly. But I think what happens is, we we ignore those things because they're making us feel bad yes. or guilty. So we just and don't then deal. We don't, yeah, and then we don't ever make better choices the next time. Mm-hmm. The process, she's saying how much, how important it is for the process yes. of tidying and that's why you end up keeping it tidier because you're like learning things about yourself exactly. along the way. Yes. And what your family actually uses mm-hmm. and what your priorities actually are. And so. you remember what it feels like to donate clothes, maybe yeah. some that still had tags on them, yes. you know, and you're like, that doesn't feel good. Right. So when I'm shopping next time, I'm going to make sure that I truly right. love it, that it truly fits. Um, I've just really found that to be true. Yeah. I just think her book is like the the guide Mm -hmm. for understanding how your environment is a reflection of what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. It's like the guide to figuring that out Mm -hmm. because everybody says that, but I don't think people actually live in that. Like when Mm -hmm. you, when you walk into a hoarder's house, for example, they're not okay. Yeah. Like they are not okay. Mm -hmm. There's there's not just that they like it that way. Right. So there is like always your environment is a product of Mm -hmm. your internal emotional life. Right. Mm -hmm. So it just, but it's like this super practical, lovely, friendly little guy to figure that out. Yes. It really is. Okay. My next one, it's actually two. They're both by the same author, and I do feel like they kind of go hand in hand. And that is Deep Work and Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Oh, God. I need this book. Okay. <laughs> let me let me tell you more, Eric. Were you scared like there was a monster behind you? You looked at me a lot. I've got to read this book. <laughs> okay. So Deep Work, um, in Deep Work, he says that one of the most valuable resources today is extended periods of time of mm. uninterrupted work or thinking, but it is becoming so rare because we're so interrupted by technology and devices and also how our work days are structured, like mm-hmm. tons of meetings and yes. people stopping yes. by and open office yes. environments, things like that. And so he really goes through making the case. And I think he uses, he is, I believe, an engineer. So I think he uses a fair amount of, you know, data, things like that, which I always love <laughs> to make the case for structuring your time to get this deep work time. And so I think that it goes hand in hand with his latest book, which is Digital Minimalism. 
And this is just another example of a book that I thought I wouldn't learn anything from because mm-hmm. I thought I'd, I'd already read even a couple of books that mm-hmm. were kind of like how to break up with your phone. And I was already trying to be conscious about my technology use mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, but I ended up loving it. And I do feel like it ends up being the best book that I've read kind of of, of that genre. Um, he first explains why technology is so addicting. Mm-hmm. And I just, like I said, the, the data and the science behind things is very like motivating to me. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was, and I, I already kind of, I already knew that, yeah. but he goes through it in a way, or maybe it was more thorough or just hit me at the right time where it just made me feel like, no, you are not going to tell me iPhone how much I should interact with you. Mm. Like it just really made me like lit want- a fire about. Yeah, that. exactly. Just like, no, you are a tool that serves me. Mm-hmm. I will not serve you. So I, I really like that. Um, another important, important part of the book I thought was he points out how we have these really superficial quote unquote relationships online by liking things, scrolling through other people's highlights, and then just pointed out like, but what are you actually getting from it? Mm -hmm. Like is liking something like, how is that actually furthering a relationship? Right. And I think just really holds up a mirror to these ways that we're all interacting and Mm -hmm. really makes you reflect on it. Like how much of a good use of my time is this? Like Mm -hmm. what do these relationships really mean? And not that you have to eliminate all of it, but just be conscious of that. Yeah. If like when that's you're stuck in the scroll. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think anyway, just in both cases, learning about the science of the why behind something super motivating to me to make better habits. And I think just overall, it's made me very aware of my technology use. And I think like to keep thinking about those things in the back of my head has just kept me committed or like gotten me to recommit to limiting my use Mm -hmm. of those things. Um, Like I'm currently in the habit of I'm trying to only use my phone to play music after 5 p.m. because I usually have music like Mm -hmm. playing during dinner and stuff. And then I try I'll do like a quick check to make sure I don't have anything like just text messages, Mm -hmm. but I won't check social media after that. And then like turn off my phone completely for the evening around 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. So not every night. And it is something I will say that then kind of slide and then I need to recommit to. but. You have that in the back yeah. of your mind. Um, and then I think kind of a big change too, after I read Digital Minimalism, I think I already didn't have Facebook on my phone um, and I've kept it that way, but I went through my Facebook friends and I just cut down significantly. Mm-hmm. These random people from grad mm-hmm. school, from I can't even remember mm-hmm. why we're friends, from high school. It's like if I am not interacting with them on any kind of an actual real personal level, yeah. it was just like, I can I can let this go. Mm-hmm. And then I also went through and made sure I wasn't following any brands like went through the settings and tried to get as few ads as possible. Um, and I actually also of like the friends and family that I kept in my friends, I unfollowed just about everyone (laughs) so that I only get a few people's updates showing in my feed and it actually makes my feed really boring. Yeah. And so I, I will, I will sometimes go weeks without checking Facebook. Um, and then when I do, I'm not seeing, news and depressing things Mm -hmm. or posts from certain people that were just always (laughs) triggering (laughs) (laughs) things like that. Um, and then on Instagram, I think I kind of did a similar thing, like only, only following people that are, you know, kind of like 
bringing joy to my mm-hmm. life. Not that I'm finding myself comparing myself to, mm-hmm. or that was just like, you know, who is this person? Even, even just like something bugs me about the way they talk, right? Totally. Why do I keep watching their stories? Exactly. And like, exactly. it's no offense to them. Right. I'm not going to message them and tell exactly. them that, but how about I just, I just don't, unfollow? I just don't need to spend yeah. my time on that. <laughs> I find myself doing that all the time. Like, why does this person bug me? Right. I don't know, but why am I following them? <laughs> but I'm choosing to do that. Exactly. Um, and it might've been around that time. I also made my Instagram account private where I just, I don't know, that just like kind of felt like the right speed for me. And then I do feel like I've continued I try to be, and I'm generally, I think pretty aware of when I'm checking Instagram and like how it makes me feel. And if Mm -hmm. I find it flipping from, oh, this is kind of fun to like comparing or I don't know, just kind of getting that yucky feeling, being able to be like, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I also don't follow any brands on Instagram, which I just had found that that was just a more like, oh, I should be buying this or doing this or That's why they want you to follow. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. So I, this is actually like not just so much a book, but a couple of books and like a wealth of resources. Ooh, okay. I think many of you probably know her. It's, this is almost like cliche to talk about, I feel like too, but I just want to say how much impact this has had. So Rachel Hollis mm-hmm. and she, I mean, she since, even since her first book has grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Her husband works with her now too and is the CEO and she is the creative director. So they have the whole Hollis company. He's got stuff out. Um, they do a lot together and they have conferences and a podcast, the rise podcast, and they have a rise conference for women Mm -hmm. and a rise business. So that, I mean, you can find them online all day Uh long. Um, but the two books in particular, uh, girl, wash your face, which is just like, I mean, you, I had to read a book titled that like (laughs) girl, wash your face. Um, but the subtitle is stop believing the lies about who you are so you can become who you were meant to be. Mm. And I feel like this is definitely the most out of the things we've mentioned, like the most Mm self-helpy, like inspirational, motivational speaker type Mm -hmm. thing. But she's a mama of like four kids, I Mm -hmm. think. And she's um, adopted her youngest and then they were foster to other Mm -hmm. kiddos too. So I kind of relate to her on Mm -hmm. that level. But she is just like a hustler, but Mm -hmm. she has young kids too. And she's just real. Mm -hmm. She's just real. Mm -hmm. It's the best way to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even she's not maybe for everybody, but Mm -hmm. she's just, she's my kind of person. Um, So I just am very drawn to everything she has to say. Her messaging, that is very, that subtitle is just very on brand with who she is. Um, And then the second book I just finished listening to on audio is Girls Stop Apologizing. Mm And that's more the uh, the subtitle of that one is a shame free plan for embracing and achieving your goals. Mm. So that's more like the follow up. Okay. Like, okay, here's what here here's how to know who you are mm-hmm. and find your like purpose in life, the things that fire you up to show up for your life. Mm-hmm. And now here's how to do it mm-hmm. in the second book. Here's mm-hmm. how to make a plan and put that in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, a, a quote that this is just again who she is in a nutshell, but this is from Girl Stop Apologizing. She says, women are taught that to be a good woman, you need to be good for other people. If your kids are happy, then you're a good mom. If your husband is happy, you're a good wife. How about a good daughter, employee, sister, friend? All of your value is sometimes wrapped up in other people's happiness. How can anyone successfully navigate that for a lifetime? Mm. How can anyone dream of more? How can anyone follow their what if, if they need someone else to approve of it first? Mm. I was like, man, that is so, I don't think of myself as like a people pleaser, Mm -hmm. but really on like a basic level, that is the messaging we're given all the time as a woman that like, 
even just to the point of, of if your kids are upset, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Not just could there are people that can get right. upset too. You're <laughs> yeah. not a bad mom, yeah. but really that how ingrained that is mm-hmm. like culturally, even for us. And yeah. that, that we even worry about things like, um, going after big dreams and goals while being a mom mm-hmm. where, where to a man, that's kind mm-hmm. of a given like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's actually how I be a good man is mm-hmm. I go, right. I go reach for the stars and I provide for my family and I, you know, nobody mm-hmm. would question his ability to then mm-hmm. also be a dad. So mm-hmm. just a lot of that, um, a lot of like, okay, like tell the truth, like get, like drink the stupid water. Uh-huh. She has water bottles that say drink the stupid water, <laughs> like eat the salad, right? Eat, you know, just do the things kind of like you a know. No nonsense. Yeah. I just really, she has the start today journal, um, which she, I think episode 72, we'll link to this too, but okay. episode 72 of the rise podcast gives away the, the process for free. I mean, mm-hmm. she was doing it forever in a spiral bound notebook. Mm-hmm. So she's not, she does now sell journals that are like formatted for it, but, um, that's the gratitude practice that I've kind of been doing. Mm-hmm. And then I did get just recently her priority planner, which she has a line at target now. And so that, I mean, it's just, she has all the things that yeah. you might need. Right. So go check her out. Just but look feels up. like someone who is deserving of it. And yeah, it's actually, it's very, it sounds like giving you actually good tools and yeah, good advice. Very, I think she started as like an event planner and then mm-hmm. went into like the blogging, the lifestyle blogging space mm-hmm. and really grew her brand like over the last 10 years. But yeah, has kind of become more this, mm-hmm. um, she's like, I, feels like now she's doing what she was meant to be doing, like yeah. helping other r- women reach mm-hmm. for more and mm-hmm. show up for their lives. So yeah. I like her a lot. She is someone that I don't follow closely and I haven't read her books. Mm -hmm. I've kind of subscribed to her podcast and kind of here and there, the episodes that Mm -hmm. look good to me, I will listen to. And one thing that I really like about her that she talked about is just that she loves to work. Yeah. And I can just really relate to that. I love to Mm -hmm. work. I love to work. She's unapologetic about that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love being with my kids and with my family, but I also love to work, mm-hmm. you know? And so like being okay with that mm-hmm. and not feeling like a bad mom or a bad person because yeah. of it. And yeah. so that is just like a little tidbit that I think was just like, she probably talks about it more in her books and mm-hmm. things like that. But even just like from a little snippet yeah. of a podcast was just like, that's just nice to hear. Yeah. Well, she talks about in the second book, The Girl Stop Apologizing. That's not her second book, by the way. She's written like 10 oh, books. Oh, okay. These are the ones that have gotcha. like the most propelled recent. her. Yeah. Gotcha. I always like, you know, the overnight sensation yeah. uh, myth. Right. But she talks about how she had gotten, you know, grown her blog and her um, kind of brand around that and the DIY and all the things and never thought to mention that she had help. Like she had mm. nannies. They had, you mm-hmm. know, because she had grown to where they had some employees yeah. and whatever. And when she finally did just like mention it in a post or in a passing or she addressed it, like, how do you do it all? She's like, guys, I don't. Yeah. And she was like, I'm that kind of, I'm honest. So I just didn't think that. Right. I wasn't trying to hide anything. I right. just didn't even think that was a thing that anybody would assume I was doing this all on <laughs> gotcha. my own. Yeah. <laughs> and people were pissed. People were like, you've duped us, gotcha. you know, mm. into, and other women like were mad at her that she got help. Hmm. Or that she didn't like that she was trying to hide something right. or that she ever projected it to be yeah. anything else. And she's like, I didn't I didn't lie to you and right. say that I didn't have help. I just didn't even think it was a right. thing that like, why does that even matter? Uh-huh. You know, so uh-huh. she's like really dug into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we do that to each other even? Right. You know, mm-hmm. the whole work at home mom, stay at home mom battle. And yeah. She and she's talked about even the loving to work, how like being really honest about motherhood, how like I 
motherhood was hard. Mm. I knew what to do at work. Mm -hmm. I knew how to improve. I knew how to measure things. Mm -hmm. I knew how to show up at work. It was a lot harder for me to learn how to show up at home Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like find that, you know, grounding to, to allow me to show up as a mom too. Yeah. So just really, really good. Yeah. All the things. Okay. All right. Well, my next one, it it doesn't really seem like self-help, but I have found myself thinking about it a lot. Um, it is called gut. That's oh yeah. All it's called. I remember you talking about this. <laughs> and it is a delightful, and that is a totally appropriate word, a delightful explanation of how your gut works. So funny. It is from food digestion to poop to how gut health can be tied yeah. to mental health. Oh my gosh. And I just found it fascinating. <laughs> now, do you think that I would find it fascinating? If oh. you're giving a book recommendation to somebody like me, who I will say, one of my things about you said like the facts and data will motivate yeah, you. Right. If it, if a self-help book gets too, too much of that, I just, I just right. tune it out. This one, um, I think it could be worthwhile for you to try okay. because it is honestly more narrative okay. than, got an than sciencey. Okay. Like it is written by someone who is clearly so delighted in how the gut works. <laughs> by digestion. Exactly. <laughs> that you just like cannot help. Kind of like almost like a Marie Kondo yeah, like yeah. kind of approach to it. Right. Like you almost can't help but also <laughs> find it so delightful. Um, so anyway, just overall, so interesting. Um, you know, all of these processes that are happening in your own body every single day that you're like, yeah, how does that work? Right. (laughs) You know, what are all those different parts doing? So that was just really interesting. And then I think just learning more about how important and essential, like our gut is just in everything Mm -hmm. in our health Mm -hmm. and the connection between gut health and mental health, I just thought was incredibly fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is like kind of this really emerging area of like science research Mm -hmm. currently and like Mm -hmm. medical research. Um, but just an overall takeaway, it just made me want to have a healthy gut. And so I just feel like it motivates me to eat a healthy, varied, fiberful diet because yeah. now I kind of know how important yeah. the gut is. So I just find myself kind of thinking about right. that and right. feeling motivated. Like it, it helps you make food choices yeah. even and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then I will say, so gut was just, you know, like I said, I thought a pretty delightful read and then a more sciencey one, but that I still enjoyed, um, was called, I know it's called (laughs) the good gut. Okay. So that is if, if you are like me and you don't mind more science, that would be a good companion read, but I would first recommend just the book. Okay. Narrative of the gut. Yes. I, you have (laughs) talked about it enough that I am now intrigued. (laughs) You should at least try it. Maybe it'd be a good audible one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, to hear that delight. Is yeah. it written by the or read by the author, you think? I don't know. You know, I feel like she's German or something, okay. so maybe well, not. Maybe a good accent. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I love an accent in an audio book. <laughs> All right. I don't have any more. Those were oh, mine. that's right, because okay. we both shared yeah. the mm-hmm. life-changing magic of tidying mm-hmm. up. Oh, those are great. Love it. Okay. How about current obsessions? What are you okay. obsessed with? I have something that I just used for the first time today, and that is my hanging shower caddy. So it may surprise you to know we have been living without a shower caddy all of these years. Do you have like, I'm trying to remember your shower. Is it like ours was at our old house? Like a stall shower basically Okay. So yes, but 
we have found we hate that teeny tiny shower so much we just always use the guest oh we just don't eat you don't even bother yes in the stand up okay. i know it is it is it's so crowded. it is not a problem it's not a problem but sometimes i am like huh we don't even use our master shower it is so small and then there is the issue like we've talked about how um for some reason in arizona we're very anti door yeah. to our master bathroom <laughs> yeah, keep that air flowing <laughs> and so it's just, it's so cold to me so i like to be able okay. to close the door mm-hmm. and have my little space heater mm-hmm. that you know i love so anyway um but the both our master bathroom shower and the guest bathroom has you know little shelves and stuff mm-hmm. and that's where we've been keeping shampoo and stuff and it's not like we have an overflow of products but I have just had, I've actually had this particular shower caddy. It's by this brand Umbra that mm-hmm. I've bought stuff from before. All the little house like things that you don't know you need. Yeah. yeah and they just they make good that. quality stuff. Yeah. I've had it actually on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> People refuse to buy it for me. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> no, Kelsey, that is not your Christmas present. But like just I actually it. would be so happy to get this, <laughs> but no one's buying it for me. And then I was out this weekend and it's one of those, like, you don't see this brand just like at Target, Yeah, you know, but I was somewhere this weekend and I saw it and I was like, I am buying this (laughs) and I hung it up today. And it is bringing me so much joy. <laughs> it's amazing. My little bottles fit so nicely. Yeah. I just like. They're out of reach of small children who might yes. dump it in exactly. the bathtub. It like. just, it looks so tidy. It has the little holes in it so that if you need to turn a shampoo bottle over, oh, uh-huh. it has the little hook for our little shower scrubber, which we've just been like stuffing somewhere and it's yeah. usually falling off. Yeah. Anyway, so like the <laughs> so best $25 I've spent this year so far. <laughs> I'm so glad. Thank you. Um, we are obsessed with a show. Ooh. You see my obsession with Jason Momoa. Oh, a. Yeah. That's, oh, that's A number one. Yes. Now, I will watch some garbage that he is in. I, I believe you. Game of Thrones he was in. That's what started it. He That is not garbage. He was in a show. I don't even know what it was called. Frontier maybe something okay. on... He just plays a like a like a burly okay. mountain man. I don't know, and it was awful. Okay. I suffered through a couple episodes. Uh-huh. Jeremiah even like he appreciates his manliness, so he right. you know he'll he'll indulge me. But he's like, I can't do this show anymore. It's so bad. And I'm like, yeah, it actually makes me love him less. I don't want to keep okay. watching it either. But he has a new show on Apple TV. Uh-huh. It's like exclusively on Apple TV. And I got a new computer, and you get a free year Ooh, of Apple TV. Nice. And you can just you don't have to have like their little uh-huh. box it's on the roku or gotcha. whatever too you can stream it wherever so i was like okay well don't mind if i do uh-huh. with the eye candy it is such an interesting concept for a show actually and it's really really good what's it called? i think it's good did you say it's called c s-e oh, okay and the concept of it i'm not going to give much away okay. but it's kind of a dystopian um in the future mm-hmm. situation and there's been some sort of um disease that has left humankind blind so now now everybody is born blind like just we've lost our ability to see and the interesting way that society devolves when nobody can see Mm -hmm. and then what ends up happening is two twins are born that can see Mm, uh and then there's like heresy like that that's just a myth because you know this is years down the road when like nobody's been able to see and then there is this really interesting like dynamic they do a really good job. It's just really well done. It's filmed in like British Columbia, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. like all this outdoor wild, mm-hmm. wildlife. Um, and then there's just this really interesting thing. Like these people are hunting for these twins. I mean, that's, mm. you'd see that in the first episode. Sure. I'm not giving anything away, but they can't see. Mm. So they're like, 
all there's all this suspense of like being quiet around yeah. people that are hunting them, but oh they can't gosh. see them Ooh. if they can just avoid like other right. means of detection. Right. Like, it's really, really good. So Jeremiah and I have both mm. gotten into it. Okay. Bonus for Jason Momoa. Okay. All scarred up what and is, fighting what and is doing he, things. What does he play? Is he one of the He's twins? He's like or? the dad and the leader of this tribe. Oh, okay. So he cannot see. Yeah. His okay. twins, they're like, he's raising these gotcha. twins. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it is just... All right. It's lovely on all levels. <laughs> exactly. Plot. Uh-huh. Visual. It's really, yeah. We've been pleasantly surprised. We were kind of expecting to be disappointed right. again, but all right. it's really good. Yeah. All right. He's redeeming himself. <laughs> Okay, I have a little neighborhood news story. Okay. This is just cute. So there, our little neighbor next door uh-huh. is Chu now. Okay. And he loves the girls. He's uh-huh. always loved the girls, but he's just getting like much more vocal yeah. and like... Social and stuff. Yeah, just playing with them more without, you know, just throwing a fit when it's time to go inside or whatever. So it's just been kind of cute to see their little... They kind of mother hen him around. Yeah. And it's cute. Well, his newest thing is just he goes up to everybody when he first meets them and he's just like how you doing today? Like clear as day, <laughs> clear as day from the kid who like was not saying that many words. Yeah. So he's just like this little man and he has this little face and his, he's got his like Paw Patrol hat on all the time. <laughs> and to every person he comes in contact with, how you doing today? How you doing today? So <laughs> it's cute. like, I don't even know if he really knows what it means. He but probably he, doesn't have a good follow up to that. He's yeah. like, that's all I got. He's like, yeah. And I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cute. That's adorable. Oh, the girls will probably be babysitting for him. Oh, one, yes. one day. Yeah, they are his their first little baby. He's their little quiet. shadow, and they are here for oh, it. Oh, that's so cute. It's cute. Okay, I think that's all we have. So thank you so much for hanging out with us again. If you would like to find us in between shows, you can always connect with us on Instagram. We're Hi Girls Next Door. You can find our Girl Next Door podcast page on Facebook, and you can also send us an email at HighGirlsNextDoor at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to the website at GirlNextDoorPodcast.com to find the show notes for this episode with everything linked. And we would love if you would join in the discussion on Instagram. Speaking yes. of Instagram, and tell us your favorite self-help books. Ooh, I would love to Because know. I feel like this is like a punchline for a lot of jokes, like mm-hmm. the self-help section, but that includes everything from the gut. That's right. To tidy your, your closet. Like exactly. it could be all of the things. Exactly. So what do you got for us? I think that's it. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. If right. I have a booger hanging out of my nose, feel free to pause. Okay. I don't see the recording. Thing. See if, if you feels very strange in there. If anything, uh if anything gets stuck on emerges. the mic. <laughs> like, oh God. <laughs> Sanitize immediately. Erica's having a situation are, over there. We, I am coughing. I'm sneezing. I'm not even sick. I don't know. Yeah, there is something just, in the air. The, the landscapers are doing the grass. I think that that's part of it. <laughs>